Welcome to the Arrive and Thrive podcast. We are your hosts, Tyson Day and Daniel Lenardi. Our podcast is designed to give you fresh perspectives and educational insights to make sure you thrive in every moment. Regularly, we are joined by thought leaders, life learners, and generally amazing humans who bring an approach just like us, casual, relaxed, and curious. Amber Truong is an inspiring international student, undergraduate engineer, fitness enthusiast, and student club president who has a story that is worth tuning into. Amber shares her educational journey and key moments in her life that have produced the individual she is today. We believe her insights are appropriate for any tertiary student who is making transition from student to professional. Hope you enjoy the episode. Arrive and Thrive would like to begin by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we recorded this podcast and pay our respects to their elders, leaders past, present and emerging. Welcome to the Arrive and Thrive podcast, everyone. Today we have Amber Trung, who is the president at the Swinburne Engineering Student Society, Middleton Group Undergraduate Electrical Engineer and a KPMG candidate. Oh my God, Dan, I've been wanting to get her on the show and she's now here. Mate, how excited are you? Yeah, I'm very excited. We've wanted you on the show, Amber, for at least a year and a half. So it's, uh, we're stoked to have you on and can't wait to have a chat. Uh, that's too kind. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Awesome. And so, Amber, for our listeners, you have such a busy resume and, and busy schedule. Can you give us a snapshot around what you've been working on in the last six months? Oh, thank you for the questions. Um, in the last six months, um, definitely um, I've been busy doing uni. So I'm still studying and just finished my third year uni. So I've been juggling around working and studying at the same time and also um, participate in some extracurricular activities like, you know, Swinburne Engineering Society events and social um, and also the um, gravity challenge. Because um, I don't want to lock myself in just work and study. I like, you know, um, challenges and also exciting opportunities out there where I can put myself out, be a part of a team and improving myself further. So I guess that's like the major thing that take up most of my time. Mm. Um, hmm. Amber, I've got... Oh, sorry, Ty. No, you go... Excited, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> you go, Danny. No, you go, you go. Amber, I've got to ask, how, how do you manage all of these things? Because when I was in university, I literally operated a week in advance. I was like, oh my God, I've got an exam next week. I need to cram. <laughs> oh my God, I've got a project due. Who are the people who are in the project? Like, how do you manage all these things? Um, how do I manage it? Um... I would say I didn't manage it very well. Like the last couple of years, I didn't have a very balanced life. I just study or work. And that's basically all I do. I always, basically, I spend more time outside than at home. I just only go home when I need to go to sleep. And like, you know, <laughs> um, so um, it's kind of funny. Until this year when COVID hit, actually, I'm really grateful um, that the Obviously, it is, there's a lot of um, challenges and a lot of negative um, things that happen because of COVID. However, it definitely brings me a really positive change in terms of work-life balance. And um, I actually started my um, running and cycling and fit more um, fitness time into my schedule because now I have more time. I don't have to travel as much. And it's really helped with my mental health and um, I'd be able to manage things better. Um, at developing a routine, uh, one of my friends introduced me um, kind of a deep work 
um, book, Deep Work of Cal Newport, and like I read that, and like, I, I, you know, it's about working smarter, not working harder. And I used to work so hard; it's not very smart. I probably like could get, you know, all the things that I've been doing in a shorter amount of time if I do things more efficiently and free up more time doing more things meaningfully, like connected my family more often, for example, or you know, build more meaningful relationship outside. So I definitely think um, fit more time for like um, exercising and um, talking to people um, really helped me with managing things. Um, I definitely think what I'm doing, other people can do it too. Um, as long as you have a logical routine um, and do, do things at the right time. And when you, when you have a clarity in terms of goal and what you want to do, I feel like you can fit all that in your schedule and be able to execute one by one. Um, so yeah, mm. I think that's the answer for that. That's super cool because I think, I don't know, Dan, from your perspective, um, but from my perspective, I, you always see students who, who they kind of fall into like three different camps. The ones who are very laissez-faire, they just rock up whenever the others who seem to just be very reactive around, you know, oh, this assignment's due, oh, I need to focus on this one, or this assignment's due, I need to do this, or this is coming up, I need to do that. And the other ones that kind of probably you fall into, Amber, where you've, you, you're quite methodical in the way you go about it. And I, it's awesome that you've read Deep Work already. I only found that book like six months ago. <laughs> and I think it's just awesome that you've, you've started to plug into these systems around your health and well-being, prioritizing that stuff so early on in your career. It's, it's blowing mm. my mind, Dan. Yeah, yeah you're excited, aren't you? There's actually a coach saying something like this, like, you don't need motivation, you just need a system. So yeah. I think that's something that I've been trying to apply to this. As well, I definitely need a system. I don't need motivation because, you know, this is what I, I set myself to do every day. And so I just jump into it. It, it less brain power and you know you have to watch motivational video to to get on things so <laughs> yeah it's a waste of time isn't it <laughs> amber i know all the amazing stuff you do because i um saw you and met you through my travels at swinburne university but can you take us through how it all began for you from maybe high school or before that when you started to formulate your your purpose and your your dream and your career goals because when i met you you were in first year i think but you already mm. seemed to be along the line in your development of knowing what you wanted to do and you seem to be already halfway along that path even though you were still very early on in your um studies so can you take listeners back to sort of where it all started to begin for you definitely thanks daniel and um i think this podcast will give me an opportunity to actually share my story. And I definitely think stories is what, you know, deliver good message that can help people. And I think it's not, it's not what I'm doing that actually, you know, inspire people, but the reason why I do it. Um, so back in, in high school, I'd actually an international student and I came here six years ago um, to study high school here in Progresso University. Um, but like my parents, um, you know, selling vegetable in the market in Vietnam. Then they're not very well off. And it's very, very difficult for my parents to manage to get me to come here to study. But, you know, they have a dream. They want, they want to get us out of all this, you know, labor job because my parents didn't have a chance to go to high school or university. And they work really hard to ensure like me and my siblings um, have better opportunity, better future, better education. Um, and lucky enough, 
I have um, my auntie family here where I can just come here and study without worrying about the shelter. My parents took me to work, to work hard and to pay my, my high school and uni fee. Um, even though it's like challenging. Um, but so I, I always feel I didn't try as much before because, you know, I always feel like my parents are like, you know, have everything under control and all I do is just do good enough until two weeks after I came to Australia. Um, my parents got into a car accident um, because they, they actually have to wake up at 12 o'clock every morning to go to different towns to get vegetable to come back to the market and sell. And it, one of that night, so like, um, they got hit by one of the drunk um, person and my mum passed away. And I came back to Vietnam immediately after I finished school and that day when my auntie came back home and let me know the, the news. And um, it definitely a turning point for my life because I remember I came home and I can't believe whatever happened everything going so smoothly I'm going overseas studying and things like that and then things happen and I, I thought I, ne I never expect you know the last time when I say bye to my mum in the airport is the last time ever I can see her so I promise in front of my mum to like I will work extremely hard to look after my brother and sister and my mm. family and mm. I will make your dream come true I'll definitely bring this family out all the hard work and etc and mm. I come back to and again my, my my relative in Vietnam like stopping me from going to Australia because they think my dad won't be able to help me as much because my mom has been away like the main financial person in the family and um, my dad also convinced me to stay and they don't think it's good for me to continue on but I really want to make my mom wish come true. And so I said to my dad, that really helped me. Whatever you do, can, can you sell the land, sell the car that we have in the family? Just help me with my high school. I promise you, after I go to university, I will take care of everything by myself. Just please help me for, with my high school. Um, and my dad was like, you know, we have three people in the family and, um, even though it's difficult for my dad to put everything in just myself, um, he, he managed to make that decision and to sell our land and car and I was able to continue my study here in Australia. But when I come back here, because I know that I, I promised to my family and my parents and like that, I put 100% myself into study. And I, rem I remember my aunt family thought I'm crazy because I study like 24 over 7. I wake up early in the morning, study. I go on the bus study, go to school, high school study, recess, one time. Every time I just stay around my teacher, get to homework, things like that. After school, going home, waiting bus at the bus stop, I just sitting there doing work. And that's just how it's been, like what I've been doing in my entire high school. And people, and I actually have a lot of like, kind of mental breakdown. And I have to spend a lot of time in the wellbeing centre, talking to the teachers there, help you know, giving me a tissue box and share, listen to me. Um, and um, my family thought, you know, if I didn't get the ATAR that I wanted, um, I'd probably gone crazy because I just focus on one thing. Because what I told myself is I only have one road to walk. That is working really hard, get high ATAR, get scholarship, and then done. My, my parents, everyone don't have to worry about my high, my university life anymore. Um, and and because I give all, give myself only one choice, I I work my butt off, and I only 
do one thing, study and making sure I get that goal. Luckily enough, I think hard work paid off. I was able to get good enough ATAR to help me to get scholarship and get the support from, um, you know, um, people to, to go to university. Um, and um, looking enough, I, because of my story, um, the age, there's an article to publish about my story and one of the person in my community, like he's a Vietnamese as well, he's a lawyer, he reached out to me and say, he really inspired my story and he wanted to help with 50% my uni fees so that I can continue to study in Australia. Because, and without him, I wouldn't be able to continue here, to study in here. Because even with 25% scholarship at Swinburne, 75% of an international student uni fee for engineering is still a lot. And if, if I continue working part-time and studying at the same time, it's still not enough. And my auntie, obviously, as much as she wanted to help me, she also had a family and people who she needs to look after. So things happened that, that, that way and I was able to get to Swinburne and, um, and I'm still in my first year, still like very driven, like focused on study and try to get to many things. I need to, to work. Um, but I guess... As, as I, you know, the reason why I take on the presidency role in the first year because, you know, I, I need to do more. I always tell myself, I need to do more than what I'm already doing. I can't just stop. You know, I never like look at my achievement, I've done enough. And so just stop there and like just continuing on. Um, but I guess like as I'm progressed through like second year and third year, I just feel like I just learned a lot about being by immersing myself in the environment. And I learned that I have options and I have choice. And so I make better choice for myself. I actually do, I just, as I told you before, I have more exercising time and I socialize more now and spend more time with family too. And, and you know, funny enough, I also do things better on, on other projects and other commitment I have too. It's not necessarily like slowing me down by fitting more things in. It's actually helping me doing things better. So I, I guess, that is where the journey starts and like the reason why I do what I do, the reason why I try so much when, you know, it may not necessary to, um, yeah. Thanks so much for sharing. I'm quite emotional hearing it um, from you. And um, I really thank you for like having the courage to share it um, here on our podcast. No way, Daniel. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to share. Cause I think what I want, to ultimately tell everyone at the end of the day is, I know that, you know, there's always like, you know, life event that happened and it's influenced your decision in some way. Um, but I hope everyone can actually like take time to reflect and making sure that they, they make the right choice on what it is. Um, your, your, your situation may condition you to behave in a certain way, but you have the control over it, you have choice and um, make, making sure that you you choose to live a happy life, I guess. And I don't know what a happy life be like, but like, you know, living a life without her to running around being, you know, emotionally all the time or hurry or, you know, stress out or worry. You don't want to be looked to people as a busy person. You, you have time. So, Mm, a great message. Such a good message, Amber. 
I'm just sorry. I'm just I'm just trying to trying to process your your story too because I I just this I find that's incredibly inspiring on so many different levels. The fact that you you're here talking talking to us, but like your journey is incredible, Amber, and something that you should be really proud of. Thank you, Amber. Before you said um, that you know you're starting more to focus on the exercise and your mental health and these sorts of things. Do you think that? you know, going through what you went through, obviously you had only one choice and that was one path, like you said. And do you think now you're starting to find a little bit more of that balance where you can, you know, have more time to do other things and then you're starting to see how that helps you across the board as well? Definitely. Now I don't have only one road. I have many roads to, to go. Um, definitely I'm, I'm grateful for the... Or everything's that happened to me and I think everything happened for a reason that's what I always tell myself um, without you know the incident that happened in the past it wouldn't push myself as much I wouldn't try so hard I wouldn't wear what I am here at the moment um, so definitely um, I value um, whatever the past that I have and yes I'm more open to to things now um, I do definitely things I have I have choice and I have different pathway that I can go to and I'm being more mindful about what I can do. And, and if I can't do anything, if I don't know anything, it's okay that I tell myself, you know, it's okay. And, um, you just figure it out. Um, you don't have to rush and just take your time. Um, eventually you'll get there. Yeah. The good message. Um, how, how are you finding balancing Oh, not balancing, sorry. How are you finding, because you're obviously president of the Swinburne Engineering Society, you're doing a cadetship at KPMG and you're working at Middleton as an engineer and you're still studying. Mm. And I've discovered myself over the last few years, the more different things I do, mm. the better I get at each other thing because it complements each other in weird ways, even if they're not directly related. So have you started to notice that? So hats off to you for doing it so early on in your journey but have you started to notice how they do help each other and complement each other, seeing you do all those different things? Definitely. Um, I feel like, well, I, I think the first kind of career development experience that I have is working um, at KBMG as a cadet in the information program management team. And um, obviously we do project management there. And uh, as an engineer, like first year engineering student, you know, I thought it's may not something relevant to me, but actually no, you know, in being an engineer, you're going to work in a lot of projects and you need to have project management skill and have an exposure to that really early in life actually really helped me with me taking on the president role at CIS because, you know, at the end of the day, it's not like leadership is not about management too. That's what I, I want to tell myself, but having some kind of management in place actually help with structuring the team and ensuring everyone working efficiently and effectively. Um, so that's definitely help between the KBMG experience and um, university uh, extracurricular activities. Um, well, that is one way, but there's also the other way. Um, having my team as Springbank Engineering Society also teach me how to work better with people from different background, different thinking, different belief different personality types and um, it's good because um, it build up my confidence as well being a president of a society of, um, and um, therefore when I go to workforce I have story to tell um, and because I've done some you know organizing kind of events and workshop things like that I 
learn about process and structure and so easy for me to go to work and also establish similar things when there's you know people reaching out for me for help with different stuff um so that's about the soft skill side that i would say um in terms of like technical skills like i'm you know as an engineer you, know, you need to know to like design and build things and innovate and um well that is what my university study really helped um, with um, when I go to Middleton Group because without that background study, without the foundation, I wouldn't be able to understand some of the you know technical piece as at Middleton Group um, because at Middleton Group I'm doing more of the things that relevant to to my area of study. Um, as I said, I also do other internal projects too, which really help. Um, um, so I guess they all really um, helping each other out. Um, so. I think the message here is, you know, expose yourself to different um, things and um, don't restrict yourself just because you study engineering doesn't mean that, you know, you can't work in this area. Um, you know, the skill that you got in one area is transferable. You can take this and go to something else and um, you don't need to know everything at the start to you learn along the way. And yeah. Amber, from, yeah. from your perspective, because you've, you've obviously been involved from a leadership perspective in your, yeah. in your student club um, mm. as the co-founder, correct? And then, and then the president? Yeah. yeah, that's right. What have you learned from, I suppose, starting a club as well as, you know, being in a leadership position so early on in your, your career? And, and, and has that changed your lens around how you, I suppose, engage with your, your, your personal life, but also your professional life? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, so I'm actually starting the Swim Engineering Senior Society in my first year at uni together with other other students, right? And like, I put my hands up because I, you know, this, this is so interesting. I've been doing the same thing over and over, over again for so many years. I've been studying all the time. I need to do something new. And so I take them on this responsibility. And I think my first my first thought that came through when I just take on this role, I need to have a really good system and process and to have predefined policies and everything in place. Um, yeah, be, be a good project manager, I would say. That's what I thought. That's why I, I took, I take, I move one of the unit around in my, um, you know, unit um, in my um, study planner. I think it's like engineering management. I thought it'd be really good for, for this to my early, my second year. Um, but it's actually not. It's not. It's not the project management. Um, I think I understand more about my role as a president as I um, finish my two years of presidency. It says um, it is selling a vision. Um, it's not managing tasks. Um, that is one of the component. But um, starting a new society, we need a vision and a mission, and you know, to get people on board, to get people on a journey. You you need to actually sell them the vision of the club and how it's actually aligned with their goal um, and how it's actually helped them achieving their goal if they help the club achieving its goal. And so I think there's a lot of communication exercise there for me to, to do. And um, it's not so much about having a system and process, you know, all engineers are like system and process, build something up and like everyone just jump on doing this, this time by this deadline. Um, <laughs> that's, um, well, that's, that's what I also make, making sure we have in place as well. We need to have, making sure we have the foundation, right? Um, but the foundation is basically the vision and mission first. And then we, we need to have a team and we need to understand the team goal. Um, 
and making sure that we constantly revisit the goal and, and see whether we're doing the right thing or not. Um, and obviously we need the framework, that's where the system and process come in, but that is after. Um, so I, it's, it's difficult for me to really move away from the project measurement sense at the after my first year, because I'm trying to like, you know, get things done. I need to get things done. That's, that's in my personality type. And I need to see things in action. And so, so often I just like checking people and doing so much stuff like that. But now I found it easier by, you know, conveying the goal of the task and when people when people understand it they understand the importance of it to them and to the club they they do it by themselves they take ownership of that and i think that's what really helped there and that's what should that is something that i should be doing not like giving poor a task they need to set the task for themselves and this is the goal mm. so i think this is something that i learned during my presidency i'm actually like moving on and we have a new president of swimming engineering Student society now um, but I'm really grateful for the two-year experience at SES. It's definitely rewarding and meaningful to me. Mm. It's pretty cool to to have that realisation so early on in that the difference between leadership and management and and having that process of, you know, inspiring a vision because when you when you enter the workforce full time amber and you've probably already noticed this is that there's a real difference between the people who are who who are you know bought into the vision and the people who who are just there um for lack of a better term making up the numbers <laughs> so it's super cool that you've you've been able to identify that so early on and 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 bring that into your your folio of skills thank you mm. and just to add to what you said amber like for for listeners out there the club you run at Swinburne, the Swinburne Engineering Society, is, you know, I've seen it up close in action. It's probably one of the best best run clubs I've ever seen in a university setting. And I'm not sure how many members you've got right now, but <laughs> I remember you were doing events and you were getting like 450 students through the door. And it's like everyone, even in the university, is looking around going, geez, <laughs> we get this engagement. So you've obviously done an amazing job. Thank you. I think I think to tie that back to the, the, the notes that I had before, it's just like having a why. And I think um, whatever the event that we run, it says the reason why it was successful is not it's not because we we plan it really well so that it's run that well, or we do really well at marketing because our marketing team is also an engineer and steering, right? Um, but what we why it was so successful is because we we do what is needed. So when we organize the event, we actually ask ourselves. Is what what student needed. We actually ask our members too, like um, during the orientation week or welcome back week. We ask them, what do you want to see from us? What do you need help from? Um, and how can we help that? And so we, we we talk to members, we listen to them, and we get the feedback on things, and we organize what they really need. Not like because so so often student clubs is like organize things that they want to organize and like. Maybe uh, I want to organize like a social event by the end of this month, just by because they want to organize the event. But is that event needed? What's the purpose of that event? I think the purpose of the event is very important because if there's no if there's no need or no purpose for the event, you will have no audience. And I think the reason why the industry now was so successful because you know there would never be a you know a student-run industry now event as women before that incorporate all or in industry, like all engineering company from all um, major together on one place. And so mm. we create something that never happened before. And that is something students are looking for. 
and that is something that I go to go out to different university to to get a chance to have an experience. So I guess there's a need there, and what we're trying to do at CESI is identify the need first before we organize anything. And I think that's the foundation of our event planning. Not so much about what we can do this year, how many events, the numbers doesn't matter, whether it's meet the need or not. I think that is important. Yeah, I love it. Amber, you're, you're clearly an expert student and you've, I think, <laughs> you haven't graduated yet, but you've almost clocked student life. But, um, you know, when you transitioned into work, do you have any tips or insights for listeners out there that may be, you know, currently studying? Um, what were some of the things you noticed when you started working full, full-time or part-time? And, you know, did, did you tra- easily translate those mindsets, attitudes and approaches to full-time work or how have you found that shift? Mm, interesting. Um, the difference between university and like the work, workplace is that um, university is a place where um, you, you're like, I feel like your impact, like whatever you do may not have uh, impact on other people so much. Whereas in, in a company setting, I guess when you go to workplace, whatever you do definitely have an influence on other people's work and et cetera. So at university, whether you choose to do well in your study or not, it's your, your responsibility. It affects you at the end of the day, right? If you talk to your lecturer or not, you take ownership of your study or your, your soft skill development or not, it's your um, problem at the end of the day. Whereas you go to work, um, whatever your decision that you make may affect a lot of people. And you got to be more mindful about what you do and what you choose to do. Um, because whether you want to delay, you know, you know, delivering this package of work today may have effects on the whole team because of that. And you can't, can't really like have the freedom to, to do whatever you want. Um, so it's more like have a team approach, um, have a team um, mindset, have, um, be mindful of other people and, and what you, your, your impact, the impact of your behaviours and actions on other people um, when you go to work. You may you may just be an intern or a graduate, um, but a lot of people may depend on your work um, for 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 the client um, job. So um, I think that's something that I think I realise as a difference between university. So as university, less dependency of what you do on others, whereas at company you do have a lot of impact. Maybe that's why. Sorry, you go, Dan. <laughs> I just said that's really insightful. I'm kind of like sitting almost taking notes. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I think it's why also so many students hate group projects. <laughs> oh my god! It's um yeah, it's a really good insight, Amber, because I think it's 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 changing that mindset, isn't it? About going like, it, well, you know, if I don't go to a lecture, if I don't pass this exam, it, it falls on me. Where mm. in the workplace, if you don't, you know apply yourself appropriately to the task at hand mm. a chain reaction down the line or a chain reaction mm. up the line um, mm. or in front or behind or whatever it is. And I think mm. that realization as a young person entering the workforce is huge. And, and I think that happens at certain times in certain, in, in different people's journeys. So it's cool that you've already jumped onto that one around going, well, you know, this has a chain reaction on the people around me when I'm working because yeah, no one in the workplace is going to tap you on the shoulder and go, oh, by the way, um, you know, this exam is tomorrow. <laughs> Everyone else is, is doing their own thing. So, yeah. Mm. Hey, I've got a question, Amber, around, you know, 
your wisdom is beyond your ears, your years. No, honestly, your, your wisdom is beyond your years. And I'm, I'm really curious to know at, at like, what point did you, did you say, okay, I need to, I need to change something here because you've obviously had quite a transformation around going from, and you're a high performing individual. So that, that dedication to the task, I think is always going to be there, but that notion of going, okay, I need to stop or I need, you know, enough is enough. There's no more else I can do. Um, Cause I think a lot of the time with high performing individuals, if they're young, established, whatever, there's always something else to do. And I know for mm. me personally, I struggle with going, no, nope, that's it. Enough is enough. Um, so yeah, we'd love to get your insights around that. Mm. Thank you for that question. I think there's a really good book that I, I would recommend anyone to read is Humu Me Cheese. Oh, um, great book. Yes. Um, so I guess I'm like a person who, if I feel like there's something wrong that going on so many days in a row, I definitely stop there and like um, take a step back and reflect and just asking myself what's going wrong here, why I'm feeling so tired, why I'm feeling my energy is going down, um, why I'm feeling irritated. Um, so definitely asking me those questions and, you know, talk to myself. I guess really help with that. And um, by understand more about that, the reason why I feel what I feel, I'm trying to make a change on the, the course that I be able to identify after talking to myself um, and obviously move on with the change. So I guess um, be, be adaptive. Um, and if I guess the, the, one of the core things that I, I got out that Hoover Mechies book is first of all, like the storytelling, I think it's very awesome. Like they have a story that's just so impactful, easy to grab. And the second thing is that, you know, the change, the change advice, um, like, you know, you, um, if you, if you just stick stuck in one place and, and resisting to change, like the same with COVID-19, right? If everyone just stay at home and um, be irritated about, like they can't not go in out and don't do anything about it, you know, they, they're going to feel bad all the time. But if they, you know, have a different mindset, change their mindset, you know, start looking for things doing at home, they can actually have a really enjoyable life at home. Like you, Tyson, like, you know, live at, stay at home, have a family. Um, and it's actually, if you just change your mindset and yeah, I think, That'd be really good. Um, so I guess it's about reflecting, reflecting and and be honest about yourself and how you're feeling. And if if the reason that like caused you to feel like um and like not very well um is um not easy to change, I guess have a have a courage to um talk to other people maybe um, to get advice on you, you know, when you actually feel down, when you don't feel good, you may make wrong, like not good decision at the same time. So, you know, just don't make decisions straight away. I think that'd be good. Um, and, and if you, you actually have enough evidence and justification on if I change this way, be better then make a change. You know, if you, you don't feel well, you know, don't, don't do the same thing over and over again. You only get better by change. So, um, I would maybe because my personality type too, because I I like doing things differently every time. Like I change my my room setting and things like that, so that I have different environment. Because your environment had a lot to do with, with how you do and behave and how you feel. So um, if you don't feel well, there's there's definitely something wrong. 
and um, making sure that you don't continue with that feeling. If you don't like your job, change your job. If you don't like what you're studying, maybe what you're studying is not something that aligns with your value, and, and you don't, you don't, you don't really, in, yeah. So maybe there's something else that's better for you, and it's okay to change. Um, uh, yeah, I'm not ah. sure if it's a good advice or not, but yeah, that's just some. It's my in, um, personal thought. No, it's great, Amber. I think you know, embracing change is a really, really valid. Valid, sorry, valid perspective. And the other thing too, I think that you raised and it's really cool is like really articulating and reflecting on, you know, who is it that I want to work towards or who is it that I need to be right now? And I know for me personally, like it's something that I've, I've wrestled with as an, as a new parent is like, okay, you know, I was always very focused on, on work and being like, yep, I need to get this out. Then I need to get this out. And I used to thrive when, when it came to, you know, working long hours and meeting deadlines, but it's almost now, well, who do I really want to become? Well, I, I don't want to become like a, a hardcore working parent who doesn't see the, the, the home side of my, my daughter's life. So it's like a real slap in the face when that kind of comes and hits you and goes, okay, far out. Like I need to change something to really be the type of person that, that I want to become. And it's such a good point that you raise. Danny, how are you feeling, man? What are, you, yeah. what are your thoughts? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. You're um, in the room now. <laughs> yeah, I've had, to move. I've, had to quick, I've had to do a quick shuffle and move. I'm actually sitting on the floor. <laughs> Sometimes you have to rough it, don't you? Um, what, what, what's the next few years look like for you, Amber? Or what are some of your career goals moving forward? Awesome. Um, thank you for that. Um, I guess I'm studying engineering at the moment and my goal will be becoming an engineer when I'm graduate. So um, I'm really lucky to, to be working at Middleton Group where I'm be able to witness um, the impact of um, the engineering work that our, our team has on the clients and on the community as a whole. And um, I really feel inspired by what they're doing. And I definitely want to build my technical skill further to um, to become a, you know, an electrical engineer once I graduate, or even during my placement um, next year at Middleton Group too, um, be able to apply what I learned at university or my extracurricular activity into work and bring impact to the team around me and also the client. So I think the goal is to become an engineer. And I think that's something that motivate me to, you know, wake up and do works and get on with things every day. <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful. That's awesome. And you know what, Amber, I really think your mother would be proud of you. Thank yeah, you. Absolutely. Thanks, man. Absolutely. Yeah, Amber, last question that we, we ask all of our guests and, and you've already <laughs> thrown out some amazing references already with who moved my cheese, deep work, any other books or, or I'm flipping it up to this week. Um, any mm. documentaries or any like YouTube videos <laughs> that you feel could be a good reference for, for students who perhaps in a similar situation to yourself in terms of go, 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 go. And now they've reorientated to, to something a little bit more important. Awesome. I love talking about books. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, <Start away. laughs> so um, really lucky for me to be able to read the atomic habit books um, this year um, during my water wise project, by the way, because the solution actually been inspired like because we need to build a solution that can shape people behavior and um by reading the atomic hyper book 
I think it's really helped because there's some like fundamental um, um, around how to be a good habit, how to change behaviors on things. And I think I would recommend everyone to read that book to actually do a better habit and um, do things more in a healthier manner um, at home and at work and as in study as well. Who's that book by Amber, The Atomic Habit? Uh, That's right. I told put it in the show notes. But seeing you like talking about books, can you give us one or two more? Uh, I need to get that up. That's very bad of me, like reading books and don't don't no. don't remember author name. It's actually James Clear. Um, there you go. <laughs> um, other books that I I think the two books um, that's have the most impact on me because I read it like earlier in, in my. Um, student life is um, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie and, and um, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen R. Covey. So two books. Um, it is, is a number one, like number, number one, two books that I would recommend everyone. The Atomic Habit book is the book that I just read recently. So I thought, yeah, I recommend. I love it, Amber. I think um, those those three books we we always recommend to to students so you're on the money i feel can i ask a mm-hmm. question ty yeah of course man all right fine Amber, <laughs> <laughs> ty, ty and i've been talking about this in the last few weeks or months we've sort of it's come up a couple of times but how much do you think reading or can you break down like a percentage of how important reading's been for you on your journey when you sort of put it up against uni work and all those things are obviously critical, but how important has reading been for you on your journey right back from when it all began, when you told us, you know, through your journey of coming to Australia as well? Um, I think reading um, has a make, make a really big impact on my personal development. I think I read those self-help books like early in high school too. I watched motivational video because like my, my, the, the person that I was in during high school is like, you know, I have to constantly on and I need, sometimes I need motivation. So I watched heaps of motivational video in the past and also self her book during high school time. It probably really early in, in day in, in a personal life to, to do that in high school, I guess. Um, but during high school, um, after that, I actually think it's like, in, in university, I'm looking more like different variety of books and not just like book on like, high performance and things like that anymore. I'm looking to more books about discovering my values and purpose and et cetera. And it's really helped because, you know, no one teaches you that in uni and in high school. And by reading those books, I, I understand more about myself. I unlearn what I learn um, and I'd be able to, I, I guess that understanding about myself by reading books and be able to have the, the advice from the people who, who live before me and who've been through a lot of experience and those stories really um, inspire. And I, I would recommend everyone to build a habit of reading books. Um, it doesn't have to be a lot of books. Sometimes it's difficult for me to stick into reading books as a certain amount of time, but I set, set a goal for myself to like, I need to finish like 20 books by the end of this year. And I just tell my friend to keep me accountable for that. And it's been really, um, been really good. Um, and, um, Definitely, there's a balance between your because some some students might just focus on study and reading textbook in like engineering, mathematics, and things like that. But you know what makes you what makes you as a person as a whole um, is not just 
to the knowledge that you have, but also how how you treat other people, how you do, how you behave, how you understand yourself, etc. I think reading books on um, like not not just nonfiction, but also fiction books will really help you to discover about yourself. Awesome. You know, I think, Amber, that anyone going into university or TAFE, listening to your perspective, (laughs) should be a prerequisite to to that journey, I think, because I think you add so much value and I find your story and your approach and your attitude and your mindsets to your journey thus far, which is still only so early, is so inspiring. So I'm so grateful that you've come on the show and I'm so happy to again and hear all of your thoughts and perspectives. I've genuinely learn a lot (laughs) thank you daniel thank you tyson for the opportunity to share my story and um yeah it's really really good to actually share this story in this this kind of platform for the first time i only tell this to like very like family members and close closest friends and so i feel really insecure to share the story as well um but i think it's good to like being open and let people understand more about me why i did what i did what drive what drive me i think that's really helpful um i need to be transparent i need to be open and the only way for people to understand more about me is to tell my story and thank you for giving me that opportunity to share my story today really appreciate it oh amber it's our it's our pleasure and we're, we're so as a second exactly what dan said like we're so privileged to have you to be able to use this platform as a way to share it so thank you um just finally, is there a way that people can can see your amazing updates? Because I know I, for one, whenever I see an Amber Trung post on LinkedIn, I always <laughs> read it. So can people follow you on LinkedIn and any other platforms? Of course they can. Um, I, I actually don't use a social media. I only have like Facebook and LinkedIn. Yeah. Not big Strava for, for cycling and running, but yeah, people can <laughs> follow me on Strava and LinkedIn facebook as well you want to make friends but yeah thank you yeah, awesome and just just very last question i promise are you training for anything in particular when it comes to your exercise routine or is it just for fun at the moment um it's just for fun i think fun's um, a big goal yeah <laughs> <laughs> fun a big goal yeah definitely i'm, I'm actually like aim to to do a, a full marathon at some point in time awesome um, so I set a goal for this year, 2020. I need to do the first half marathon, and I did. I did three this year. Awesome. But 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 I haven't managed to do a full marathon yet because it's so difficult. But mm. that's going to be my goal for 2021. Keep keep an eye out for my Strava. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right, Amber. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Tyson. Thank, thank you, you, Daniel. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode of the Arrive and Thrive podcast, please let us know by sharing it with a connection and leaving a review. We hope that through this podcast, even more people can design a career and life that they love and are proud of. See you soon.